0: Hey there, and welcome to the Courtside Chronicles. If you have a passion for basketball like us, then you are in the right place. Join the Score team as we chat all things basketball.
1: Welcome back to the, or welcome to the uh, Courtside Chronicles. I'm your host, Dave. Uh, I'll be hosting this week. I'm along with John Mark and Kyle, as always. Uh, this week... We are talking about a few big stories, big headlines, Uh, one being uh, Boogie Cousins. He's back on the move again. This guy's moved like 15 times this season. We're also going to talk about the All-Star Reserves. Did they get it right? Uh, We're going to talk about... Uh, Should there even be a game to begin with? And then we're going to talk about our contenders, pretenders, and fringe players. Uh, Our fringe teams, I should say. So uh, to start off, let's just talk about the Boogie Cousins ordeal, okay? So he comes in, uh, he signed with the Lakers, I believe it was last year. Then he gets waived, but then he stays with the team. Then he signs with Houston on a very small deal, if I'm remembering correctly. They trade away Harden. And then he says, Oh, we don't need Harden. We're a good team without him. And then they wave him. So we're going to talk about that for a minute, but we're also going to talk about, you know, where is he going to end up if he ends up anywhere? Um, so I want to hear your take guys before I share mine. Where, where do you think Boogie's going to end up? Why do you think he got waived? I'm going to start with you, John Mark.
2: Uh, so like the reports came out and and why they wanted to go, why they wanted to get rid of him was apparently because they wanted to go younger. That was the nice way to say, Hey, we don't actually want you a part of this team. It, it's so strange, right? Like you said, he's been on the move so much. And a lot of it has to do you know, three years ago to the injury he, he had. And like, he was a what would you say? Top 10 player in the league at that time? Yeah, he was dominant, for sure. Like on the Kings, he he was almost 28 points a game. Like, Yeah. Unbelievable, right? So, you know, why does he keep moving on? Well, it's not because he, you know, wasn't good. It's probably because of injuries and just the stage of his career he's in, right? He's shooting more than ever from beyond the three-point line, and that's usually a sign of decline in in big guys, especially guys who are 6'11", 270. Should not be spending the majority of the game outside the three point line. But at the same time, this season, he's averaging his best rebounding percentage, like over 36 minutes a game. He's averaging 13.3 rebounds a game. That's the highest in his career. So, you know, when you look at teams he could go to, like on my list, I have the Raptors because there's a glaring need for a center who can rebound. Uh, Not so much for what he brings, other than that, because I don't think he'd mesh well, but for that glaring need. I could see them bringing him in as a specialist, but I don't think he's going to choose the Raptors. I think he's going to pick the team that will take him for his best chance to win the championship. Uh, with that, I think, I think Boston is a team. If I had to choose him going anywhere, Boston is a team that would take him on because they could actually say, Hey, you can actually play for us. You're not just going to be the 15th man. You can play for us. You can give us some minutes because we need depth. Like that team is dying this season. They, they need cousins and they need like two other things if they actually want to compete this season, but that would be my choice for, for where he ends up.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, my first as a Raptor fan, I was like, yeah, Raptors need him. You know, we don't get all-stars or um, not all-stars like uh, free agents coming to our team. So I, I, I would have to say the, the Nets, I think that again, they're a team that needs a center glaringly because DeMar- or DeAndre Jordan can only do so much for them. So I think, uh, the Nets, and in my opinion, we'll probably talk about this later. But I think they have a really good chance of
2: making the finals, at least. But don't like you it. think they need a, a center who can play defense?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my argument, right? So again, so the
0: only, I only think option Buddy there is Drummond, needs- right? For, for centers yeah, and like, yeah another so you, you, option there drummond or boogie like to me like you split the difference there like i'm not like wow boogie is so much worse off than uh, andre drummond at this like i don't think either of them are gonna be like wow that's a clear cut choice
1: <laughs> and so again i i wouldn't disagree i also wouldn't agree so i think I have a bunch of places, like would, honestly <laughs> there's only two it, options it, it, I don't fully I don't I don't fully agree and I don't fully disagree is what I'll say I'm kind of in the middle that's my point so here's what I'll say is I think there's only about two teams that wouldn't take Boogie on the veterans minimum now because that's all he's getting after getting yeah. weighed by Houston right like he when a guy when a team says they're going younger and they don't keep an older player it's typically because they don't like that older players culture that he brings. Right. And if anyone watches anything about basketball and has seen uh, DeMarcus cousins in his career, it's that he is a tech, a walking technical foul. The guy is a hothead. He can't keep his lid shut. So, but I will say there's only about two teams that wouldn't take him. These are my two teams that would not take him. It's the Houston Rockets who just waved him. Wow. And it's, this,
2: and <laughs> it's the thought? Sacramento Kings.
1: And it's the Sacramento Kings who have too much pride to take him back, right? So, if, if I'm anyone in the league, really, I'm taking him on a veteran's minimum. But I think the teams that could use him, the teams that he's not going to be the guy, right? He's not going to have to be the guy because, again, I think somewhere like the Nets, where they have that glaring need, I'm not denying they have that glaring need, but. He's not going to fill that need, not because he can't, but because he doesn't have the right attitude to, right? That team is now meshing well. They're on an eight-game winning streak, which we'll talk about later. And again, I'll say this is that they're they're a team that has a need and Boogie is good enough to fill that need, but he doesn't have the right attitude to fill that need. So my team would be the Warriors or one of the LA teams. I think him, if he can get over his pride and come off the bench – then he'd fit in the Warriors, L.A. teams. I mean, you throw Boogie on the Lakers, he'll get a couple touches, sit on the bench, win a chip. Right.
0: Those are some of the okay, hottest so- takes I've ever heard you say, Dave. Not the Kings <laughs> and not the Rockets, the team that just waived him. I, mean, I know.
2: I Monumental. Wow. wow. Well, OK, but following that same guideline he was on golden state, what a year and a half ago. And he was on the Lakers already in this, this year or like in 2020. So I don't think he's going there, but don't you think, okay, you say culture. Do you really think the nets care about culture with the three players they put together?
1: (laughs) Well, again, uh, do you? I'll counter that with: Do you really think that Steve Nash, of all players, who's like one of the most character guys in NBA history, is going to put up with his crap? Because again, as much yes, as you can say, who does he? As and much Kyrie. as you can say that, okay. As much as you can say that, though, they still talk the right way. Right now, they're talking the right way. Oh, it's about team wins. Listen, we'll take on any team any day. We're, we're just about wins. We just want to get a championship, blah, 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 blah. Right? And as much as Harden has a terrible attitude and everyone gives him this bad rap, his assist numbers have gone up since going to Brooklyn. And he's passing the ball. Right. He's not pulling a Kobe where it's like Meta World Peace or Ron or Test or whatever you want to call him is going freaking out in a press conference going Kobe passed me the ball. He never passes the ball. Right. No one's doing that with Harden. So, again, I'll say Boogie is on his own level. He is the modern day Rashid Wallace of the league. <laughs> he just has no filter. So, again, I think he needs to go on a team where he's not the guy filling the need, but he is a guy filling a need, right? Yeah. So that's why I put him on an L.A. team.
2: Yeah, I can see it. Um, yeah, Boston, that's why Boston's my team, because they're going to need to bring in two, two or three guys, and he could be one of them that can contribute.
1: Yeah, and again, if he's coming free, I, I don't think anyone's necessarily, unless you're a young team that – just wants to build culture and blah 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 blah. All the mumbo jumbo of the NBA. Again, I I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going. Ooh, Boogie Cousins. No, thank you. Right, he's good. He's a good player. Right. <laughs> Moving on, though.
0: Well, let's let let me ask you this, Dave. Before you sure. move on, Uh How come he has played on so many different teams in the past year? It seems every because year because of his he-
1: injuries, woes. It's his injury woes. <laughs> right like he he's still not fully recovered you can argue all you want about his rebound numbers and all of that but the fact like John Mark said the fact that he's standing outside the three-point line he's bigger than majority of the people on the court tells me that he's insecure about his injuries still because a leg injury for a big guy is huge that's career ending and career altering so that's my argument that's why he's moved around right and he's chasing a chip let's be real Right. Like he went to Houston because he said, oh, you know, they have Russ, they have Harden. Then they lost to both those guys. Right. And he wanted a role. That's why he went there. And he went to L.A. before that. L.A. was chasing a chip and they got a chip. Right. Even L.A. said he deserves a ring. He didn't play a minute for them. He deserves a ring. No, he doesn't. He trained in your facility. right like there there are guys who are five fives that trained in your facility when you were gone right like so again i'll i'll say the reason he's moving around is because of his injury woes Mm -hmm. right so again moving on we're going to talk about the all-star reserves uh, and about the all-star game in general um but i guess the question of the day is did the league did the coaches because the coaches pick reserves for the most part right did they get it right? Right? Who Who is missing on your list, if anyone, right? We talked about them last week. Who would be our picks?
0: So did they get it right, Kyle? I'll start with you. I think for the most part, they did. Uh, the one, I, I think Trey Young is the glaring person <laughs> missing here. And this is, again, the tough part of, okay, like he deserves it, but who doesn't deserve it? And my pick would be Ben Simmons. Personally, I think I don't love him, and that's probably why. Also, Vucevic, maybe. I think Vucevic came at the wild card, so he could have thrown Trey Young in there over him. I think either one of those two, Trey Young probably would have fit better. And then even Sabonis, I think, deserved it more than Vucevic, to be honest, this year. So I think the East is kind of more messed up. The West looks pretty solid to me, like we expected. You know, Davis, William, like Williamson, so...
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: What about you, Jamark?
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the Trey young, I had him as a starter. So the fact that he's not even a reserve is a little bit shocking. Like I'm happy for Zach Levine. Cause I, I you know, I called that one. I'm happy for that one. Julius Randall deserves it. Uh, but yeah, like I got to feel bad for Trey young, yeah. you know, all the hype around him, he's playing well. His team has actually won a few games this season. Like <laughs> they're doing all right. And he's putting up the points and the stats. He's got to feel bad sitting at home this weekend. He's probably hoping that he gets another spot. (laughs) Another spot comes free.
0: Well, yeah, and the fact that's in Atlanta too, right? He's like, you got to feel like, oh, exactly. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and usually there's a hometown guy, right? Like even when it was in Toronto, I think DeRozan was in. I don't know if he deserved it that year, and he got in, right? Like I usually there's that Tolkien. You'll get the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm -hmm. That hometown guy, but again the league it's been a weird year overall i think that again um you know I, I would agree he's the only one that i'd put on my list that probably deserves to be in um i i would personally take him over sabonis um just based on you know they already have a couple bigs in the game right if you have too many bigs like the whole point of the all-star game is for flash for flair for the fans and that's exactly what trae young brings right so uh, who's going to sell more tickets, Sabonis or Trey Young? Well, look at the two teams. People actually watch the Hawks. No one watches Indiana. And if you're an Indiana fan out there, I apologize. But no one's watching them going, oh, did you see that exciting play from Sabonis? No, he's good, <coughs> right? But he's not – he doesn't have the flair, right, for the All-Star game. So to me – I disagree, Kyle. I think Ben Simmons deserves to be there based off his defense and just overall excitement level. Like him in the open court is exciting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Trey young is the, the
0: only fact one that I can shoot a better shot than him. That for, to me seems like, yeah, you shouldn't be in the all-star
2: game. So, Hey, it's it, everyone just wants to watch him take those wide open threes because he, he might actually hit one in this game.
1: That's yeah. True. And again, it's entertaining. It's entertaining to watch the guy miss, right? Yeah, more, that's true. I think it's more entertaining to watch Ben Simmons attempt a three that we know he's more than likely not going to make and hit it than it is to just watch the bonus <laughs> in the post put up a hook shot
0: yeah. right? i will say, like, whoa, I will say this too <laughs> like the, the, the all-star game was probably last year the most competitive it's probably ever been and imagine they would follow that format this year are very similar and yeah you know, kyle lowry actually played defense and took a couple of charges in the all-star game last year so mm-hmm. throwing a guy like yeah. ben simmons you know for his defense, sure. Kyle well,
1: Lowry's so,
2: just a low engine that could, though.
1: I mean, he just yeah. goes
2: hard at everything he does. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't take that game off. Like, he's no. going to that game to win that game. Okay, but this is... I don't understand. Why is the All-Star Game roster 12 players and not 15? Does yeah, everything sense?
1: else has been it's everything else been extended. Now I did hear on the low post uh, podcast they were talking about this, and uh, I forgot the guy's name, the guest that he had on, but he's saying, you know, here's the difference, right? They expanded the rosters for regular teams to fifteen because of COVID and because of all the protocols, and you're going to be missing players, right? But they said the reason I don't think it would be good for the league is because then you lose the debate of who's the snubs, because at some point. 15 is going to be too much. You look at a couple years ago when the East was kind of losing, like everyone was going out West to play, right? It it made the East weak and the West would blow them out. Before they did this draft format, the West would absolutely tear apart the East. The only guy the East had was LeBron, right? Mm -hmm. So um i would say that i I like the staying at the 12 roster man uh whatever you want to call it 12 man roster i like it Uh, too i
0: I think i like it maybe for a different reason and i I think the fact that it's all-star this should be a hard thing to be and to get and if you expand it that means more people get in and maybe you know maybe Trey young like it's a debate right like people can say maybe he doesn't maybe he does like you said dave like those those big snubs
1: yeah, and don't forget about CJ. CJ McCollum deserves to be there. He's just hurt, guys. He's just hurt. He would have been. So, there. Hey, before he got hurt, he was second in the league in scoring. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there, so you can hate on it all you want. But he was yep. playing just as good as Bradley Beal is playing right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just so I, yeah. I just think if you expand it, you, you know, it becomes a less valuable thing and people and players get bonuses, right. For making all-star team and all this stuff. So like, in all NBA teams. And so I feel like it should be kept to 12 just for that competitiveness.
1: And I'll say this too. Okay. So it, going off of that question, this year of all years with everything that's happened in the league, everything that's happened in our world, should there actually be a game? Right now, I'm not opposed to – I was actually in the boat of, okay, why don't you vote All-Stars and only 12 guys are named All-Stars so that they get their bonuses and all the money is in order, right? And depending on if COVID were to end at the end of the season, maybe do an All-Star game at the end of the season or in the summer, right? You almost do it like at the beginning of summer league, something like that instead of doing it now when we're in the quote unquote middle of a pandemic, even though I don't know if we're in the middle of it. Right. Um, What's your take? Should there even be a game? Um, I'll start. I think for me, I'm more in the boat of no, for a few reasons, obviously COVID right. COVID it's a safety thing. Right. And I'm not Mr. Safety. I don't wear a vest around and all this crap, but I'm, I'm not that guy, but this is close contact and from a whole bunch of different teams coming into one locker room, all of this interaction and the timetable of it. It's only like three or four days off in between, right? Like I just, to me, with all the protocols they've had in place for the regular season, that seems questionable. My second reason is the injuries, right? You look at, okay, Kevin Durant's out. He's a captain of one of the teams. AD is out. Uh CJ McCollum is out, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna forget about him, I'm not gonna let it go. Um, so th- there's tons of injuries, right? And then my third reason, and this is probably the most important, a ton of players have outright said they don't want to play, right? Including your face of the league, LeBron, right, has straight out come out and said, I don't want to play. So what's your take, Joe Mark? What do you think?
2: It's tough. Like Those are all really good points, but this is what I do know is that the NBA is smart. They've been smart from the beginning. They've almost been a leader across the nation for COVID protocols and stopping and starting. They were the first major thing to shut down, and everything followed suit. They, the bubble was perfect. It was flawless, and they set the table for everything that's come after it and they're smart. They calculated the risk. They knew it was going to happen, but I think they know how much money this makes for them. They couldn't lose that in this season. And I think a lot of the negative feedback that we heard right at the beginning when they announced they were doing it has kind of switched off and everyone is loving the storylines, right? The NBA is full storylines. That's where they make their money and like they have calculated the risk. And I think they're smart enough to make it happen. But the reality is, the risk is that your top 25 players in, like, best 10 coaches sit out for two weeks because they get COVID. That's a huge risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but for it's, me, it's, it must yeah. be worth the money to them, right? It must yeah. be worth the money. Yeah.
0: I think for me, and not, neither of you said this, but I, are there even going to be fans at this game? Like, I don't even know, like, is there going to be just friends and family or players and then the players just to keep that risk down? And like, who do you do the all-star game for? You do it for the fans. I think that's the, you know what I mean? Like you do the dunk hunt, cont- all that stuff for the fans. Well, no fans. Cool. You can watch it on TV, but I don't know. I just don't feel like it's needed this year. I don't know. It's,
2: yeah, that risk like,
0: seems too high.
2: <laughs> I like what you said, Dave, about maybe doing it at the end of the season or like, Take a break somewhere along the line, like when the playoffs kind of hit or before the playoffs start. I mean, teams wouldn't want their players playing in it before the playoffs, but I would love to see something maybe even at the season end where you bring your top 25 players together and maybe you have a third all-star team of like that that is like this whole new thing because this is the year to try new things and get get away with it right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah almost like the nhl right you could do a four four team little play in tournament right where okay maybe it's four teams of like seven right so there's a couple extra players you can do like the all playoff team the all west team the all east team and the all underdog team or something like that right (laughs) you do you do something like that and i will say this to counteract my one point here players have said they don't want to play but the players association and the league came to an agreement so at the end of the day they don't want to play but they're getting paid to do it right so like the like bonus got a million bucks. Yeah. got a million dollars just to play That's playing before it. playing. Yeah. Like, so again, I'll say like, and again, to them, especially in the NBA, this may be chump change, quote unquote, but again, it, they're getting paid. Right. They're getting paid to play the game. Uh, I will agree, Kyle, like it is for the fans. And so for me, I think it's going to be a strange year. Like, okay. So the dunk contest is at halftime. And if there are no fans in the building, a guy's gonna dunk, and then what? Like,
0: no one's gonna freak out. The lights will go off, and like, it would just be awkward, dead silence. Like I'm,
1: and again, I'm sorry, but Kenny the Jet Smith can only do so much, right? Like, he already hypes it enough, <laughs> but like, you can only do so much with no fans in the building, right? So, yeah. I I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting All Star game, to say the least. Um, but I'd like to move on again. Um, we're looking at also with that being said, with all these all-stars and injuries that we've seen, uh, I'd like to talk about, you know, who are contenders, who are pretenders in the league, and then who are your fringe guys where you're just not quite sure where they fit. Uh, so I guess I'll start with you, John Mark. Who are two contenders? We'll go two from each conference. Okay. So who are your two contenders where you go they're They have a legitimate chance at winning this year. Who are your two contenders from the West? We'll start there, Dr.
2: Okay, so I need to give you some background as to how I got these answers. So, over the last 20 years, I did some research. Okay, in the last 20 years, every team that has won, you know, you can argue on a few of them, but it's very, very few, maybe one or two of the winners. Every single team that has won has basically had a top five player in the league, arguably the top five player in the league that season or within, you know, a couple seasons of that. So, I mean, With that in mind, that cuts out a lot of teams that are kind of there. Like, you know, we won't get into it now, but there's a lot of teams who don't have a top five player. So that cuts your list down. Then over the last 20 seasons, almost every single team has had a top five offensive rating. And, you know, they say defense wins championships, but the 2016-17 Cavs were the 21st best defense in the league. Well, I mean, LeBron's kind of the buck to all these trends and everything because he just kind of does his thing. But the reality is over the last like at least 10 seasons for sure, they've all had a top five offensive rating. And here's a crazy thing. The winners over the last 10 seasons, seven of the 10 winners did not have an MVP on their team. So Curry won it once and they won the championship in in fifteen. And then LeBron did it twice with the heat and they won, he won MVP and then they won the chip. So, you know, the odds are like of the MVP winning the chip championship. It's pretty low. Uh, so here's who I have in the East or in the West, Or just so you have it. I have the Clippers as a, as a contender, uh, you know, top five offense this season, you know, their team, their top two players are actually, you know, top 10 players in the league. And it's pretty ridiculous how well they're playing. Uh, the Nuggets I have as a contender based on the fact that I believe Jokic is the best player in the league this season.
1: Oh, we heard they, all about that last Oh, week.
2: you know, He's, you underrated. Know. <laughs> he's underrated because <laughs> he's not going to win MVP, even though he should. And that's how they still get to be a contender for me. And uh, the Nuggets are a top five offensive rated team. They have Jokic, who's the best player in the league this season. I think they're a contender. And then... Just a third team, because you cannot discount them, the Lakers. It doesn't matter what their stats say. They have LeBron, and he is the buck to all these trends.
1: (laughs) All right, Kyle, what about you? Who are your few teams from the West that you would say are legitimate contenders?
0: Yeah, I think that both LA teams this year are legitimate contenders. Uh, You you just can't count them out. Like you said, Paul George and Kawhi seem to finally be clicking. Paul George seems healthy enough that he's not playoff P anymore. So, like, I don't know. Again, in the Lakers, favorites coming to the season, you just can't count out them and LeBron at thirty six. I mean, I'm looking at Denver, and like, they're in eighth right now. And I know it's God, we're not quite halfway through, but you know, a one eight matchup, maybe Utah, who's in first, I mean, Denver. That'd be a pretty good rematch from last year. And I do agree, you got basically an MVP player on that team. It's hard to count them out, and Murray's no joke either. Uh, I do like that Denver pick, Joe Mark. I'll, I'll tag him on as my third, my third con- contender, but I think the Lakers are going to take it home again when back to back.
1: So here's, I'm going to preface this. Okay. Jermark, I love all your stats. It's great.
0: Don't say the Portland. That Don't say Portland. That now, I'm not going
1: to say Portland, God, but here's you. what I will say. Here's what I will say. Okay. Is one stat. And again, you kind of alluded to it, but not really is it's kind of like you remember in Avengers where they're talking and Loki says, I have an army, and you know, uh Iron Man says, Well, we have a Hulk. Um, the Lakers have a Hulk. His name is LeBron James. He's made it nine of the last ten finals, right? So I don't think it really matters, like sure, top five offense. That's because of LeBron, right? He's the one facilitating the ball, right? So um <laughs> I'm gonna say this is obviously the Lakers again. I think they're majority of people's pick because of LeBron of coming out of the West. Is it gonna be an easy road? No. Um, I'll say one team that you guys haven't really mentioned is Utah. I believe in Utah this year. Um, Gobert is a defensive nightmare. The guy has almost an eight foot wingspan. Like, he's massive. So, sure, LeBron will get to the bucket, but then he has to go through Gobert, right? Um, And then, again, Donovan Mitchell is playing incredible this year. We saw what he did in the bubble last year. Like, they were very close to getting out of that Denver series. Yes, they fell Mm -hmm. apart. But, again, is that going to happen two years in a row? I don't think so. Like, they had them on the ropes. So... I won't discredit the whole idea of having a top five player. I'm not going to say that because again, it's true. Every, I mean, LeBron has been in nine of that the last That is your finals. first
2: point. Yeah. It's your first point right? about LeBron.
1: Is is LeBron as a top player. So I can't deny that. Obviously. Um, what I will say is that I think Utah has not a, a legitimate chance of getting out um, to at least conference finals. Is what I'll yeah. say. I'll, I, just, I think it's a, I don't, this year's a wash <laughs> if they don't get conference finals, mm-hmm. honestly.
0: I, I just don't believe in their team. Like, yeah, okay, you've got Rudy Gobert and Mitchell, and then you could throw up Mike Conley in this year, and even Joe Ingles, the whitest dude you've ever seen play basketball. Like, I just don't believe in that their team is enough to get past the Lakers, even Denver. I think I think if there's a 1-8 matchup this year, Denver-Utah, that's going to be a seven-game series, I think, and it's going to be a battle.
1: Well, here's my one counterpoint, okay? If if we go into the playoffs today, what I can tell you is is that we can't even guarantee that Denver's in the playoffs because there's a play-in tournament, right? And we've seen flukes, right? The Suns went eight straight games. They won eight straight games in the bubble, and they still didn't make playoffs, right? So... You can see upsets early on in that play in tournament. So we can't even guarantee that again, I'm do I think Denver's gonna make the playoffs? Yes, but we can't guarantee that if the season were to end today and the playoffs mm-hmm. were to start. Yeah. And that's why I don't really have them in my top three. I have the two LA teams and I have Utah. So well, I, see, let's move I, yeah.
0: on. I see I see Golden State, Denver, Dallas, and Memphis, and I see Denver as the best team out of those four teams this yeah. year at least. So but again, yeah, you but can't Denver's discredit. gonna I don't think they'll finish eighth, but yeah.
2: No, yeah, no way. Like there's teams ahead of them that have played less games because of COVID. I think that the the way they're playing currently, I think they're going to be fine. I, I just have this feeling that they're going to end up in this four or five spot based on kind of where we're at this season. Mm-hmm. And, and in, that, in that spot, like there's some good teams, but you may actually be able to avoid playing the Lakers if they kind of stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of Utah and like I have Utah as my first pretender in the West because they are, you know, top five offensive team this year a top five defensive team. But the reality is they need, they desperately need somebody who is in top five player in the league. If they're going to go far in the NBA, like it does not matter. Over the last 20 seasons, every single team has had a top five player. So that is not like this, the this short-term trend. This is a long, long-term thing. Exactly. And, and like they, I think Donovan Mitchell can take that last shot. I think Google bear is an incredible defensive player. They have some solid, you know, Conley favors angles, all these guys, they have a solid bench. I just, I just don't think that they can get over and at seven game series, talent shows up and talent always wins. I do not see them overtaking the Lakers, the Clippers, like, I think even Phoenix would be a tough game for them, but I, I just think they're right there and everyone wa- is going to want to say they're going to be the trendy pick to win. And I just cannot see it. They're full on pretenders.
1: All right. So then let's get into that then. We'll we'll just do the West as a wash and then we'll do the East, All right. So Kyle, who are your two pretenders in the West?
0: Uh, if you have two. Yeah, I do. Uh, my first one is going to be the, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they're, they look good this year, but I think they're out their standings i won't they won't finish fourth i think they'll make the playoffs and i think they'll probably be like a five six game out in the first round and they look a good, like a good team i just I, I guess it's chris paul i don't know it's just chris paul to me just like do you build your team around him and like is he really that good i'm like i've seen it before like he, you he know, is and like he's only getting older i'm like you know, he's one sprained ankle away from a season-ending end, injury. I don't know. I just don't, like, feel like Phoenix has the legs to get there. And then look, like, a half-decent team. And I think maybe three years, Booker is going to continue to develop. And he's a phenomenal player. And he's only getting better. Uh, but I don't think they'll finish fourth. Maybe. I think they're a play-in tournament team. And then I agree with Joe Mark. I think Utah, like I mentioned earlier, I just, again, I think I look at every team in the playoffs. Maybe even Phoenix is, like, I think that's going to be a challenging first round for them. And when you're the first seed, even second seed, you're kind of looking for a four or five game series, kind of easy to kind of you know warm up a little bit and then play like it really matters. And like you said, Joe Mark, I think the Utah Jazz are kind of the Raptors pre Kawhi. They're a really yeah. solid team. They'll they'll make the playoffs. They might win a round or two, but they're never going to win because they don't have that top five guy. And you get a guy like Kawhi Leonard, and you win the championship. I think exactly. that that one player away.
2: Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I thought when I was thinking about them, because the Raptors were a top five team in every ratings that you mm-hmm. could think of for like three or four seasons. we just could not get over the hump changing our coach from a coach who couldn't make changes mid game was helpful, but they have a good coach over there in Utah. It, the problem really does come down to D do you, is your top end talent top end enough. Yeah. Like, do you believe Mitchell and Gobert are better than LeBron and AD I would know. Yeah. Or George Church in Kauai.
0: Yeah. I think Mitchell is the future of this league. And I, I think he's got a very bright career and I can definitely see him winning when LeBron <laughs> retires. Uh <laughs> or it goes out East maybe, but
1: that's the 29 other teams. though. let's just be real about it. Right. LeBron is the best player in the league. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. So Joe Mark, before I get into it, so who's your second team? You talked about Utah. Do you have a second team in the West?
2: Yeah, it's actually Phoenix as well. So I don't need to add too much there. Cause I think I agree with everything you said, Kyle. I just think that Phoenix, they have a solid team. I think they're playing exactly how I kind of pred- predicted predicted this season, but in the seven game series, I do not see their depth or their their top end talent being able to be strong enough to to come against these teams who've actually been to the playoffs like Booker. This is probably going to be his first winning season Mm -hmm. in his career. So every team, everybody on that team is young, except for Chris Paul and, you know, um, the Crowder who's there, who's been on every team, it feels like in the league. But other than those two guys, everyone's really young and has never won, never been in a winning season in their life. So other than maybe in high school, who knows? Yeah. But we'll see. I, I just don't think they have the experience yeah. and the top end talent.
0: Yeah, that's what it is, the experience in a playoff game. Like, yeah, there's no way you're beating a LeBron or a, a Clippers or even a Denver because they just the experience there is just it's not there.
1: So I think there's one that you guys are missing, and this is a big one for me, and I'm actually surprised that you guys missed it. It's the Spurs. The Spurs are a pretender, okay? They have... DeRozan, who was the reason we were not getting further let's just call a spade a spade okay the guy was good he was an all-star but he couldn't get us over that hump and i don't think he's gonna do it with the spurs even if greg popovich is his coach okay and then on top of that the other team i have who isn't they're technically in play-in tournament position right now is the grizzlies I think the Grizzlies are a pretending team. I don't even think they're making playoffs, right? I think they'll get out in the play-in tournament if they end up in a play-in tournament position. Uh, I just don't believe in their team, right? They're, it's what you guys are saying about the Suns, which I, I don't, I don't fully disagree, but I disagree because, again, Chris Paul, man. Like, the guy, I believe in him. The guy is insane. Yeah. He went to OKC. Brought them to the playoffs. Then he leaves, and yeah, sure, they lost Stephen Adams too, right? And they traded basically every good asset they had away. But, like, everyone counted them out last year when they had Chris Paul and they made playoffs in the West, right? So I don't put the Suns as a pretender just because of Chris Paul. Um, So my two teams are, are the Grizzlies and the Spurs. I just don't think the Spurs are... Again, they're a different team. They play a different game than what uh, Pop is used to. And again, I just, because of the Toronto, I think it's the Toronto sting there, but I just, I don't (laughs) believe in DeRozan. I don't. I I think he's a good player.
0: For the Raptors.
1: I just, uh, yeah, Jacob Potal and all those guys, right? So pretty gay. Seriously. Like, I just, I don't believe in that team, right? How they're in the position they're in right now is beyond me. I, I again, I, I would attribute that. I'm not the guy to give coaches credit uh, often because again, it's the players who do it. It's the players who play the game. But honestly, that's just a Greg Popovich uh, system, right? That's got them in that position. And I think they're pretenders. I don't think they're going to get out of the first round if they make playoffs. Cause again, there's still a lot of season left.
2: See, they're not on my pretenders list because they're not even on any list because I don't believe in them at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, again, those are my two teams. Um, I don't really have many fringe teams, and I don't know if you guys even prepared fringe teams, but for the West, my one fringe team where I go, it's that team where you go, you know, they're one piece away. And for you guys, I would assume it's it's Utah. Oh, they're that one piece away, right? Because you were saying that. My team is the Mavs. As much as I love Luka Doncic, as much as he's my guy, he's the only card I collect and all of that, um, I just I don't know um, if I can make him a pretender yet because, again, um, KP is still dealing with injuries. Um, And then it's like, are they going to trade him? Are they not going to trade him? And then his supporting cast, he lost some guys, but he also gained some different types of guys and losing Curry, but gaining Richardson and all this. I think they're just that one piece away. So for me, I say they're on the fringe of being pretenders this year, just because again, the only thing that's not fully putting them in that category is Luca. Right. I think if they don't have Luca on that team, I don't even think they're anywhere close to the playoffs this year. Right. But the fact that they have Luca is why they're in the position they're in. So they're my fringe pretender, and I don't really have a fringe contender. I guess the Suns would be my fringe contender um, just because of Chris Paul.
2: Yeah. And I I have the Warriors in that category with me because I think when I think of this, I think contenders like people who we believe could win it pretenders are the teams that everyone thinks could, but just are like not there yet. And fringe are teams who are like borderline playoff making this season. But also like if they get in, you never know. So I have the Warriors in that list with Dallas. I agree with you on Dallas because of Luca, but the Warriors, like how do you count out Curry in a seven game series? Cause he gets hot in the playoffs. Like he always does. Could you count him out if he's playing Utah? Cause like, who's covering him Donovan Mitchell has to chase him around, but then Donovan Mitchell has to score those points. You know, it's, it, they're a team that's scary. You do not want to face the warriors or Dallas in the first round and you'd Wiseman, rather play the Spurs.
1: Yeah. You, again, Wiseman is underrated like him with Draymond green, as much as Draymond is a talker too. He's a good mentor. I'll say that I'll throw it out there. Like Wiseman's learning from that guy. So again, it's, it, I agree. I think they're a fringe team as well. Like they're that team where Curry's a former MVP, and you can't discredit that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and like Clay Thompson hasn't really played, so you add him back. You know, maybe they're top three in the le- uh,
2: West this year. Like, who knows? The season the seasons uh, it'd be tough. Is he supposed to be back this season? I don't think he's in. I think he's in. Yeah. I think he's real. Unless
1: they make finals, maybe, but again, I don't think they're rushing to get clay back because they have him on such a long deal. They're going to give him his time, right? Like, so this season right now, I I just put him on the fringe either way. I put him on the fringe because losing a guy like Kevin Durant is a, that's a big loss. And then to lose clay Thompson again, Mm -hmm. right after that, that's a big loss. So that's where I go. Okay. Yeah, I can agree. They're fringe. Uh, yeah, but we're, let's at Andrew Wake,
0: we're at wiggins too playing well right yeah His career year too so
1: <clears throat> all right let's move on so east i want to talk about our contenders so i'm going to start with you kyle who's your contenders for the east
0: brooklyn i think obviously obviously anyway. my mvp kevin durant uh he hasn't played but they haven't played the past couple of games and they're on their winning streak and they're only half a game behind the 76ers for first um, my other pretender, or sorry, contender is, I, I think it's the Celtics. Um, I know they've kind of struggled as of late, but they're a solid team. And I'm looking at the East. And I'm like, cool, a 76ers-Celtics matchup would be a fun series again. But depending if the 76ers get a guy like Kyle, maybe they're favored. But can't count the Celtics. They're a good young team. And they're going to run circles around you. They're quick. They're fast. They they can shoot well. So, I think I think their record is under what they sh- should be at the
2: moment. So, you have the Celtics as a contender.
0: I think it would. Yes. I, <laughs> Wait, I think can you
2: expand on that? Sorry, one second. I think I missed it. I was processing, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I like
0: them. i be- I like them better than the Seventy Sixers. To to get past, I think if it's like a Brooklyn. Celtics East final I think Brooklyn wins but I think the Celtics could get there barring a, a couple of things happening but yeah. like my I don't think Miami is playing that super hot I mean I'm, I the Raptors aren't going to beat the Celtics in a playoff series the Bucks maybe like maybe you might lose I don't know and then this I just don't believe in the 76ers as of right now in their current roster again you a about say Kyle this. Sure
1: I'll say this is that a contender I, to me a contender is you made conference finals right it's conference finals and up now do i think the celtics right now with their roster right now as a contender no but i'll I'll move on joe mark who are
2: your contenders okay most overrated player in the league is jason tatum i'm just going to put it out there and we can talk about it later my contenders in the east are the nets you, like I, I hate the nets i hate this team <laughs> how it's constructed those three players katie was my favorite player until he left okc yeah, like I just don't even like him anymore. I can't even look at the guy. <laughs> it, so the Nets are there because of the top end talent, which I said is so incredibly important, and how easily they can score the ball. They have three guys who can hit that final shot, who you are concerned and you need to guard. Like, who, like if you, how do you guard all three of them?
0: You can't. All they you, need, you can't. You you double Durant, Harden shoots. Double Harden, Kyrie shoots. Like.
2: But they've all taken shots over four guys and, and scored like game-winning clutch shots. So, like, I don't know how you go against those three guys. They're going to make it to that conference finals, like almost guaranteed in my mind. And then it all comes down to matchup after that. Then I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are a contender. Also, do not really want to believe in them. But when you look at the stats, you look at Giannis, who's been there for for a few seasons, who's been disappointed. If he can figure out a way to hit a free throw, that team turns around. See, that's a big F. That's a big that is F. A big F. It's like Simmons didn't know how to shoot. It hasn't even, happened yet. But even without a free throw, I still think they get to the conference finals. But then, then match up versus the Nets in seven games. I like their team defense, and I don't know how they can contain Giannis with that defense on the Nets. Who's stopping Giannis for seven games? Yeah,
1: I'll I'll say this. So the, these are my contenders, okay. Um, and then I'll I'll go into my pretenders after that. But I I think my contenders are Philly again. I think, like you said, a top talent player. Well, Embiid is you know the running MVP right now for votes, which to me is atrocious because I would put Jokic and LeBron above him. As as incredible as he's playing, I'm not that's not shade at him, but it's just the other two are playing better of those top three. Um, but I will say this is I I, I believe in their depth this year and I believe in their coaching. I think Doc Rivers was the right coach for that team. Um, because he's good at working with what he has and making it work together. Um, I will say too um my other contender it's hard for me so that I put the nets on my fringe for one reason not because they're not going to make conference finals right I I agree they're going to make conference finals I put them on fringe for exactly that their defense and I would say they're not the one piece away in the typical fashion because they have three incredible players right it's not their one superstar away it's their one glue guy away right so um If they get a guy like a Boogie or a Drummond, that's a scary team because now you have someone who's a threat inside, right? Now you can't do a box in one and you can't do like a man-to-man double the hot shooter, right? it's You can barely do it now. (laughs) You can barely do it now and that would make it impossible, right? So – that's the only reason I don't have them as a contender is not because they're not going to make it. Cause they are, let's just be realistic about it, especially in the East. There's no one in the East that's going to slow them down on their way. Unless the seating goes atrociously for them, which it's not All right, Again, to emphasize this point, there are only three teams in the East above 500. <laughs> so um, I'll say that I'll say Philly and I'll say, I guess the Nets, but yeah, I, I think they need a big. They need a big, and then I think the team defense would figure itself out. Um my pretenders, uh, this is where me and Kyle differ. <laughs> Boston is a pretender this year. They lost Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. right? Kemba's coming off bad injury and he's not recovering well. He's not playing like typical Kemba, and he's an incredible player. I'm not denying that, but he's a hurt incredible player, right? And then this is an interesting stat. Again, I heard on the low post from none other than the White Mamba. Brian Scalabrini was on and he said, Boston Celtics are 30th, bottom of the league in hockey assists, (laughs) i.e. bottom of the league in easy buckets, the extra pass, the good shot, better shot right? They are a team. Again, I'll agree, Joe Mark, as much as I love Tatum scoring, he's very overrated, right? He's the guy he would much rather, instead of getting a catch and shoot open bucket, he'd much rather catch the ball, jab a bunch of times, take you on the dribble and step back three, right? That's a difficult shot compared to pass, pass, pass bucket, right? So, I would say Boston's overrated, even if they get a big, let's say they get a boogie. They're still overrated, right? Because they still need a defending wing because Jalen Brown can't do it all himself. And when you're going up against a team like the Brooklyn Nets or you're going up against a team like Milwaukee with Giannis, like, I'm sorry, Jalen Brown is not slowing down Giannis on Sakumbo. It's just not going to happen. Right. So and even if you bring in Boogie Cousins, Giannis will dunk all over him all day because again, his athleticism like is not there. He's he's too afraid to play in the post. So um I would say Boston is definitely my pretender. And I'm going to disagree as much as I just said all this about Giannis. I think Milwaukee's still a pretender. I still think they're an early Raptors. I don't think I don't think that um Holiday swung the pendulum. That far over where you're going, yeah. Again, I said this. I think either last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, they need a score. They need that second scoring option, who's not named Chris Middleton, both the most underrated and overrated player in the (laughs) league, according to Kyle. They need another score, and I think if they got a guy like the whatever uh, Bogdanovich, it would have been a great
2: fit. Right, love that. That would be good listen I have Boston there I totally agree with you I don't know what you're thinking Kyle I think Boston is a middle of the pack team in the NBA yeah I think they fit right in the middle I think there are I think they're so overhyped because it's Boston I just I I look at the rest of the
0: east I look at the rest of the east and I'm like yeah I think they have a really reasonable chance to make the eastern finals or, or or the finals out of the east I don't believe in Miami. I don't believe in Brooklyn. I don't believe in 76ers. I don't believe in the Knicks. I don't believe in the Raptors this year. All teams above them. Brooklyn is the only other team, which was the only other team that I said as a contender. I stand by it.
2: Listen, if Boston had the same, if you flip Boston's team with Indiana's team, you put Boston's team in Indiana, no one would care about them. No one would like Jason Tatum. No one would think Jalen Brown is this top five player. And like, there's this debate. Like, There's nothing about Jalen Brown. No one talks about him. If you they switch those teams around? They wouldn't be considered
1: around. a good team. They wouldn't be considered the team they are.
2: Yeah, they're boom. a good middle of the pack team when it comes exactly. to the NBA. But if you put Indiana's team, Sabonis is a starter in the all-star game. And uh, M- Malcolm Brogdon is a household name that everyone loves. He produces just as much as Jalen Brown, maybe not defensively, but he's he's up there. So, my, my presenters, Boston, I think they are probably three pieces away. So, you bring in Boogie, you still need like two other guys to help that team you need figure out another way. wing.
1: You need another wing, you need a Trevor Reza type guy, right? yeah, and then, and then you need a playmaker because Kemba is hurt, right? Like, yeah, that's a lot of pieces you got to get.
2: You do. And, and I think Philly's in this in this pretender's route because, like I said, MVPs don't normally win, and they probably have the M- MVP. If they finish first in the East, Embiid is the MVP. For sure, yeah. Yeah, Like, there's no doubt. I think they give it to him because of the name, because of all that stuff. Not because he's the best player or most deserving, because it's the NBA, and he's earned his dues. Uh, so I think Embiid is the MVP. And Philly, they have too many... Variables like they do, they are a big team, tall team. They have Harris who's having a career season, but they do not have a point guard on that team. Shake Milton is not your answer. If they get Kyle Lowry, like I throw them into my contenders and I think they might actually win the whole thing. If they give up, if if they get Lowry and give up like Maxi and a couple of first rounders, but they probably need to hold on to Thiebel in that deal. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think Philly right now, how they're set up. That they need a playmaker.
0: Yeah. yeah. I would agree with you as like their pretender. And again, I totally agree. They're that Kyle Lowry away from being a contender. My other pretender is the Miami Heat. I, I think they were a result of a weird bubble last year. I don't think they deserve necessarily to even be Boston. I think making the finals, I don't think they should have belonged there. And they had a really bad start to the season. I mean, they're doing better, but I just, I don't believe in their team. They've got a half decent team, you know, Kendrick Nunn's playing well, Tyler Hero's playing well. But I just don't think they have what it takes to to be a serious threat in the East playoffs. They might make it past the first round, but I don't, just don't believe in them, believe in them past that
1: yeah and again i'll say this too so i have a couple fringe teams from the east more than i do from the west because the east it's such a paradox right there's so so many teams underneath 500 but i'll say this the two teams that i have as fringers who haven't proven enough for me to say they're contenders and also haven't proven not enough for me to say they're pretenders is the heat uh, I'll disagree because of the run that they've been on the last 10 games. They've been they've picked up their play since Jimmy Butler's come back. So, again, I just, I've just i learned it, since his career is that you don't piss off Jimmy Butler. He, when sure. he gets mad, he goes off. And I think the league is starting to take him off when they're discrediting the heat. Um, so, they're one team where I go, they're kind of a fringer. And then the Raptors, again, I think they're a big and maybe another role player piece away from kind of being in that conversation in the East. But again, that's a lot to get. And I think they're more on the downward trajectory trajectory. Oh my goodness. um, Where they are sellers, not buyers at the deadline. Um, So Mm -hmm. again, both those teams could go on a really good run kind of like the nets are on right now and prove me wrong. And I would love that because it'd make an interesting Eastern conference um, as opposed to what it is now where there's three teams and the rest is kind of like, well, they'll make it to the playoffs and then they'll lose right away. Um, So for me, yeah, those are my two fringe teams. I kind of go, you know, it is what it is, right? Like they got to prove more for me to kind of categorize them. Any fringers for you guys that we haven't mentioned?
0: I'll say one team, and this is kind of, I don't know how serious I am, but I think the Wizards are, there are two games behind 10th. So they are two games out of the play-in tournament. They've won seven <laughs> of their last eight. I don't think that they're like that team that's going to win. I don't think that, obviously, but I think they can make some noise in the East and against like a Philly. I think it, I don't think they're going to win that series, but I think it's going to be an interesting series. Like if Bradley Beal stays healthy, Westbrook stays healthy, maybe they get us. Like, I think they're buyers at the trade deadline. And I think if they can get someone, I don't know if a Kyle or like someone like that, I think they can make some noise. And it'd be a fun series to watch. I don't believe in them beyond that. but Hey, I believe in
2: Westbrook. Listen to this
1: uh, We know you do. We no, know you need to you hear do. this.
2: Tonight is the 46th time Russell Westbrook has a triple-double through three quarters. Over the last 25 years, James Harden has the next most with 13. Hmm. Westbrook is a walking triple-double. So if they make the playoffs and Westbrook somehow picks up his pace, he's an MVP. <laughs> no he doesn't no he's not he former no, mvp on that team here. like he's still i gotta a say player washington is like a fringe to the fringe teams in my opinion i think yeah. the raptors i think miami and i think indiana are your fringe teams who you do not want to face in the playoffs because you know you're going to have in a tough series mm-hmm. and they could beat you but at the same time i don't think their top end talent <laughs> is top end enough like we've talked about i think the raptors if they have the best supporting cast in the league to a superstar. Like that team is just ready for someone to come in and and help bring them there. I think Miami, I think, is overrated. They're like a Boston to me. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, like he's figured out, LeBron figured him out in the playoffs last season and now everyone knows how to stop that guy. I think Jimmy Butler's awesome. Like I'd want him on my team. Don't like watching him play. I don't like who he is really, but like if he was on the Raptors, I'd love him. But I think they are a fringe team in Indiana. They got great pieces, but the last time a team won in the NBA with nobody in the top, like 10 players didn't happen ever. So they're all fringe for me. Yeah.
0: And again, Old East is a fringe team basically uh, the, under the yeah. top three seats.
1: Well, when you look yeah. at the comparison between the strength of the West and the strength of the East, like it's hard to say that an Eastern conference team for me, it's hard for me to say that an Eastern conference team is coming out and winning a chip. Like, let's just be real, but for how strong the West is, it's hard for me to go, yeah, that team has a legitimate chance. Like, the best three teams, okay, let's just look at them. The Nets, the Bucks, and Philly are probably your three most legitimate chance at getting out of the East, right? And, uh, like, unless something catastrophic happens. Yep. And, again, really against any one of the teams in the top, like five of the West, I'm kind of going... Like, again, top five legitimately, not top five right now, right? You look at two L.A. teams, okay? You look at uh, Nuggets, Utah even, I would put in there, right? Um, And whoever else you want to put for your fifth, right?
0: Portland, Dave?
1: No, Portland's not top (laughs) five. Uh, Damian Lillard is is top five. No way. uh, Portland is not. I'll say that I just, again, I don't think it's a close series is what I'm saying for that. I, I Again, I think the West is just so strong. It, it's too hard to uh, kind of talk
0: about. Yeah, I think a West is, the West team is going to win it this year for sure.
1: Okay, so um, Kyle Lowry. Uh, we want to talk about him because uh, we've been talking about the Raptors a lot tonight. There's been a lot of rumors about Kyle Lowry. Now we've seen... This in the past, right, before we traded DeRozan, he was in the conversation for trades because, again, you know, oh, DeRozan's our scorer, DeRozan's younger, <laughs> all of this, let's trade Lowry. You know, there was years where we were going to trade him to the Knicks. Then we traded Bargnani. Thank the good Lord. Um, there were times where we were like, Oh, we're never trading Lowry. He's going to retire Raptor. He's the best. Now he's back in the trade conversation. And the one interesting piece of information is that supposedly, again, it's still rumor, but supposedly he said, I would love to play in Philly. I'd love to play for my hometown team. Now, is this the media pushing a um, homecoming storyline? Could be. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? And if, if you're tra- like, let's put it this way, okay? If you're the Raptors GM right now, are you trading Lowry? Are you keeping Lowry?
0: Uh, I've said it before. I'm- oh, go ahead, Drummer.
2: Oh, I, I think if I'm at I think you have to consider it. And if you look at all the deals on the table for players like Kyle Lowry, who you've kind of put in this category that teams have brought on this season, like what the return has been for like a drew holiday. If you can get anywhere, even remotely close to that for Lowry, I think you got to consider it, but it has to be on the, under the condition that Lowry wants to go. And it's like a mutual thing. If you're like Lowry, we're moving. And he's like, Hey, I want to end my career here you kind of have to do what Lowry wants because I think what you got to realize is if you ever want to bring free agents to the Raptors in the, in the future, you can't just be trading away your franchise players. Like the Rosen, when they traded them away, probably the best player like stats wise in, in Raptors history. <laughs> and, and now you can't do that to Lowry because we could, we cried for 15 years that Vince Carter left or however long it was, it feels like forever, but we cried for so long. And Probably you just can't, years. You, you can't, you can't, you can't turn him away if he does not want to go. So I think the only win win situation here is if he goes to Philly, we get a first or two first couple swaps, Tyrese Maxi, and maybe Thibel. Like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, don't the think problem. they would be totally against it.
1: I'll let you go Kyle first and I'll share my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think we said it last week that Kyle only goes if Kyle wants to go. I mean, mm-hmm. I totally agree like Toronto has struggled to attract free agents. And if you trade two your two most recent best players, barring Kawhi, like why would you want to come to a team? They just like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um And I think Philly. Yeah, totally. I think that they had the best package to return to us. And plus Kyle wants to play there and he's from there. I think it's a win-win and Philadelphia could win if they get Kyle before the deadline. So. Yeah.
1: Like I'll, I'll say this too. Right. So you asked me two three years ago um and again i know two years ago we won the chip but i'm saying if you asked me two or three years ago would you trade kyle lowry i'd say no because he was the engine of our team i think that's kind of shifted he's still the smarts of our team right i like they want him to be a player coach there's the joke going around that he'd be a player coach because yeah. Nurse couldn't be in mm-hmm. i think that's a value but again we have guys other guys that are kind of the engine of the team. Now you got a Freddie, you got Siakam, you got those guys, right? So um, do I think we should trade him? Yeah. If you get the right deal again, do I think we're getting a drew holiday return? Maybe not. Right. He's a little bit older than holiday. He doesn't play as much defense as holiday. So um, I think his value would just be one tier down from him. I think he'd probably get exactly that probably two first round picks right and maybe a prospect and a role player kind of deal right um a guy that's kind of on a contract where the team doesn't want to keep it now is philly that team i think for lowry it's that team but the raptors what we have to remember is that philly gave up a lot of picks to get harris like they don't have a lot of picks left so in my eyes Philly might not be the right fit and it might have to be a three-team deal just to make it work, right? Where Philly loses a guy like Daibel, right? Um, but they gain Lowry and they don't have to give up first-round picks that they don't have, right? Um, where a team's willing to give up a first to get Daibel. Kyle yada. Salary in that deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's weird that's things. A, that's a weird thing that we had to, to deal with. That's why yeah. a Harris kind of kind of makes sense, where that that role player.
1: But again, I don't think that Philly's trading Harris, not for Lowry. Yeah, who
2: else would they no, trade them? And that—that's the problem. I think they can figure out a way um, to use somehow with with Maxi and and then you got to figure out. But everyone, all these trade packages that everyone's putting together that I read, it's like four role players for Lowry which defeats the purpose of getting him because then they have no one else on that team to win. Like you gotta, you have to have some sort of depth and you need shooters around that team that they have. Mm-hmm. So if you get rid of, if you get rid of all your shooters, you brought in like Seth Curry and, Dr- and Danny green and all these guys, I know Larry's a good three point shooter, but you need, yeah. you need those guys if you're trying to win, you need those guys if you're going to win.
1: Yeah. So it's got to be picks. And again, I think what they're going to do is they're going to trade future. So they're going to trade all their second round picks so that another team will send a first round pick to the Raptors, right? You'll trade a thigh to get another team to send another first round pick to the Raptors, right? And honestly, if I'm the Raptors, if you can get two first round picks and maybe a player, right? A decent, not even young, but just a decent player um, that maybe you can flip next year. Then I think you go for that, right? Like he, again, you have to look at it. Kyle Lowry, as much as I love him and as much as he's been such a, a mainstay for the Raptors in the last decade, he he's at the, the peak of his career. He's on a downward trajectory and he's going there, right? So um, personally, I think you just get rid of him. Like, he, but, he, but. yeah, you rip the bandaid off, right? If he wants to go.
2: I think you're undervaluing him because I think he is a proven champion, which there aren't many out there. There are not many proven champions out there that aren't on a contender already. Uh, so you're looking at him. He's one, he does so many little things that everybody values in the whole league, like appreciates and, and values in him. And he is a like an above and above average 3 point shooter. And he hits those shots. He's a proven winner at this point. I don't know. Like, how do you value Drew Holiday over him when he's only a year older and he's still playing at this really high level? And he does everything that you need to do to win the game. It makes everyone around him better.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, I think that's why Philadelphia, and that's why I think the Raptors have to ask for for so much because I think Kyle. I think I agree with you, John Like Dave, I think you're undervaluing Kyle and what he gives and brings to the table. And I Philadelphia is not winning without this trade. And again, I don't think you trade Danny. You don't trade Seth because you, you know, Ben Simmons and even Joel aren't like the greatest stretch players. You need those guys if you want to win this year. And so, I
1: I think the Raptors need to play the long game.
0: Honestly, I think they need to play. How? And how do you play the long game, Kyle? Like you can't. Kyle's going to walk maybe after the season. I'm not saying with Kyle.
1: I'm saying trade him, but play the long game. So don't trade him for just picks I think if you get a role player or two make sure that they have a couple years on their deal so you can flip them next year right like um there's guys you can get where like I saw a deal I was reading an article about like the trades I'm sure you guys saw the trades that every team should make and the one that I saw for Dallas where I was like that would be interesting uh is uh they trade for Drummond right and they send Dwight Powell that Josh green guy and like a second round or a third, uh, second or a first round pick, like late first round pick for Drummond. Right. Now and that makes sense for both teams because a team like Cleveland could flip Powell next year. If he has more playing time. Right. So I think the Raptors need to make a similar move where whoever they're getting to match salary, quote unquote, is someone they can flip in a year or two. Right. That's why
0: I think Harris is their best option from Philadelphia, to be honest. Like, I know they gave up quite a bit to get to him, but contract-wise, it matches. Talent-wise, I think it's there. And he's on contract until 23, 24. So you have a couple years. Maybe he plays a year, and maybe you flip him. Like, I think that's an a serious option, and I'd rather that than getting Danny Green back and Seth Curry. Yeah.
2: yeah. You don't trade him for depth. You trade him for a uh, player of similar value or a high-end prospect in picks. If you don't get those, you don't trade him. I don't think there's any reason to trade him.
1: Yeah, we're in playoff contention right now. At this point, like this is, this. if we trade him, it's a long-term play by Masai saying, all right, we're going to retool seriously and make Freddie our guy. Kind of like what they did when they traded Calderon uh, when we first got Lowry, right? Oh, my
2: favorite. He was my man.
1: He was. I remember you talking about him like, oh, he's just as good as Steve Nash. Well, I, I never said that. <laughs> never he he said that. He said he was just as good a passer as Steve Nash.
2: And right, I said, well, no, he's not. He was good. Or, he was, was very good.
1: He <laughs> was very good. So I'll say this, is that um I think it would be a move similar to that where you're going, okay, we're moving into the new phase of the Raptors and Freddie's taking over and we want to give – Flynn some more uh playing minutes and yada 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 right so does this deal happen who knows I guess we'll find out in a month just under a month um but again it'll be interesting to see where the Raptors take it and where they go with this again in Maasai we trust um that pretty much wraps up our uh Courtside Chronicles don't forget to subscribe Don't forget to like this podcast. Share your takes with us um, whenever you can, wherever you can. We're everywhere. We'll listen. Yeah.
0: Thanks for checking out this week's episode of The Courtside Chronicles. We have a new episode up every Monday morning. We'd love to have you back. If you could, subscribe to the pod and also rate and review. It really helps us out. We'll see you again next week.